0: all right, guys. A couple of quick announcements before we get too far into today's content. Number one, to anyone in the Denver, Colorado area here in the United States, okay, I'm going to be keynoting a men's event there here soon. It's called the Sharpening, and it's going to be held at Chapel in the Hills in Golden, Colorado, and that's on June the 26th, so that's less than a couple of weeks away. But I want to make sure that you knew that that was going to be happening. So if you're in that area, you're going to want to check it out. It's for men and boys, 12 ages 12 and above, and then there's going to be kind of a whole day thing with lunch included. I think it's like from nine in the morning until three in the afternoon. So make sure check that out. There will be a link in the show notes for you to go and register. And then also I have a Spotify Christian metal playlist. Okay, guys, y'all have been asking for it for a long time. I keep getting DMs. Hey, i kind of want, you know, some more Christian metal music. I kind of like the stuff that you're into, but I want to know more of that kind of stuff. So consulted with a few guys that are kind of still in the scene and also the stuff that I've listened to, but I do want to kind of give this caveat to you. Not every single album, not every single track, I guess is going to be super gospel centered or super gospel focused. And then there are also some bands that are going to be on that playlist that not every single person in the band would consider themselves to be a Christian. Okay. So that is the same in every genre, by the way. So there's a lot of contemporary Christian groups that kind of come together and it's like the bass isn't isn't a Christian. The guy who plays the synth isn't a Christian, but it's the same thing kind of in this space. But what I tried to do with this playlist is I tried to put songs that were on there that are from the time that these bands at least claim to be Christian or when they were on Christian labels or have a positive message, that type of a thing. Basically, what I can guarantee you is that these songs are not going to be satanic right? Because there's a lot of stuff from this genre that is very, very dark, very bloody, very satanic. So none of that's going to be on there. And guys, I think as of right now, there's over five hours worth of stuff on there. So you're probably not going to like every single track. You're probably not going to like every single band, but there's something on there for everybody as long as you're a metalhead. So those announcements are good to go. So we're going to get going with today's content. We're just going to keep everything going here with pride month, right? Because we need an entire month to celebrate something that shouldn't need to be celebrated because this is just how these people were born, right? We get one day from a Memorial day, just one. We get, you know, one day for the birth of Jesus, one day for the death of Jesus and resurrection, all those things. We just get one day, but we need an entire month of this. But I just got to tell you today, we're going to be talking about a news story that literally uh, I'm, I'm, I would almost guarantee that none of you have heard of before because I'm pretty plugged in, right? I'm pretty plugged into the news. I'm pretty plugged into how things are going on around the world. And I had no idea that this had happened. I had no clue. I think somebody on a podcast I listened to last week just mentioned it randomly and it was one of those, you know, wait a minute. Like, did I just hear that correctly? Right. That that can't be true. So I went and checked it out and apparently this is something that happened. Okay. So this should be absolutely shocking what I'm about to tell you, right? Because it absolutely shocked me and it's from October of 2020. And we're getting this information and this article that I'm going to read part of it to you here in a second from Abigail Schreier. So if that name sounds familiar, she has been on the Joe Rogan experience. She's kind of been around on some other areas, but she wrote a book called irreversible damage, the transgender craze seducing our daughters. So that kind of talked about how, you know, transgenderism has become popular with a lot of young ladies, some girls in like junior high and that type of thing. And so she's tried to be canceled for a book like that. You know, she, you can't talk about those things. Transgenderism is something that just can't be challenged. But she wrote an article on her Substack, and it's called when the state comes for your kids. Now, this is a fairly long article and I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read the first story because I think there are three stories that are on this. And I just got to tell you, like as a father, as a new father, I couldn't believe the scenario that she was painting here because one thing that happens for her because she is so bold about speaking out in these areas is she will have parents from all over the country reach out to her and kind of tell them their story. Like, this is what my school district is telling me I have to do. This is what my kid's college is telling them that he has to do. And like, you know, they're just, they're desperate for somebody that will hear them out, but also share what they're going through. And I thought that this was an absolutely stunning story. So I'm going to go and read to you from the article. I'm going to give the link for you here in a second, or I'll give it to you in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself and so that you can check out all the other stories as well. So here we go into the article. Ahmed is a Pakistani immigrant, a faithful Muslim, and until recently a financial consultant to Seattle's high-tech sector. But when he reached me by phone in October 2020, he was just one more frightened father. Days earlier, he and his wife had checked their 16-year-old son into Seattle's Children's Hospital for credible threats of suicide. Now, Ahmed was worried that the white coats who had gently admitted his son to their care would refuse to return him. They sent us an email, you know, you should take your daughter to the gender clinic, he told me. At first, Ahmed assumed there had been a mistake. He had dropped off a son, Saeed, to the hospital in a terrible state of distress. Now the email he received from the mental health experts used a new name for that son and claimed he was Ahmed's daughter. They were trying to create a customer for their gender clinic, and they seemed to absolutely want to push us in that direction, he said when I spoke with him again this May, recalling the horror of last October. We had calls with counselors and therapists in the establishment telling us how important it is for him to change his gender, because that's the only way he's going to be better out of this suicidal, depressive state. Saeed had been a straight A student, and according to his parents and family therapists, quite brilliant. He is also on the autism spectrum, a young man who neglects to make eye contact and must be given rules for how long to shake hands, shower, or brush his teeth. High school was a slog for him, as it often is for kids on the spectrum who find the social demands of adolescence have risen beyond their capacity to meet them. He tried to ask a few girls out, it didn't work out, and he got frustrated and angry and that kind of a thing. And so those girl boy things get kind of tough for autistic kids, those developmental issues, and that's where puberty can be very, very hard with the hormones rushing and all this stuff. When lockdowns hit, the boy who had already struggled socially and befuddled by questions neurotypical teens take for granted, how do I show a girl I like her? How do I make the other kids include me? Began to spend all day and night on the internet. He's an autistic kid and so he kind of lost track of time and he was staying up a lot. So he was staying up just being on the internet, Twitter, Tumblr, whatever. And he was in his room just, you know, sleeping one or two hours a day. And that can really be devastating. He was very confused. He was seeing things, visual hallucinations, and we didn't know why. It is not definitively known how Many neurodiverse adolescents identify as transgender, but more than one scientist has pointed out the high rates of coincidence. As several autism experts have explained to me, those on the spectrum tend to fixate. And when a contagious idea is introduced to them, such as the notion that they might be a girl in a boy's body, they are particularly susceptible to it. As child psychiatrists and experts in gender dysphoria, Susan Bradley said to me, the messages these kids pick up from trans influencers when they're online is, we're the only people who understand you. Your people, your parents don't really understand you. And it may be the first time in their lives that anybody has said to them, we understand you. We know you. You're okay. You're just like us. And it's powerful. I asked Bradley if introducing gender ideology to kids who tend to fixate is like introducing cocaine to those susceptible to addiction. She agreed. It has the same power to assuage all the alienation and grief and distress that these kids have been struggling with. Because of COVID-19 policy, Ahmed could not stay in the hospital with his son back in October. Saeed, in a sleep-deprived and confused state, furious at the parents who had admitted him, and in consultation with hospital staff and a social worker, decided that his problem was gender. The age at which minors in the state of Washington can receive mental health and gender affirming care without parental permission is 13. In other words, the emails Ahmed received from the hospital were effectively a courtesy. The hospital did not require Ahmed's permission to begin his son on a path to medical transition. But unlike some other parents I would later speak with, Ahmed's cool head prevailed. Believing he might be walking into a trap, Ahmed reached out to both a lawyer and a psychiatrist friend he trusted. The psychiatrist gave him the advice that he believes saved his son, saying in Ahmed's words, you have to be very, very careful because if you come across as just even a little bit anti-trans or anything, they're going to call the child protective services on you and take custody of your kid. The lawyer told Ahmed the same. What you want to do is agree with them and take your kid home. When the gender counselors advise you to affirm, go along with it. Just say, 'Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, let's take him home and we'll go to the gender clinic. Ahmed assured Seattle Children's Hospital that he would take his son to the gender clinic and commence his son's transition. Instead, he collected his son, quit his job, and moved his family of four out of Washington. Was Ahmed's reaction extreme? When I first heard it back in October 2020, I wondered whether he hadn't overreacted. But as a growing number of parents began contacting me with similar stories and I delved into the state laws of Washington, Oregon, and California, I came to a different conclusion. Taken individually, no single law in any state completely strips parents' rights over the care and mental health treatment of their troubled minor teens. But pieced together, laws in California, Oregon, and Washington place troubled minor teens as young as 13 in the driver's seat when it comes to their own mental health care, including gender-affirming care, and renders parents powerless to stop them. Here, for instance, are the powers granted to a 13-year-old child in the state of Washington. Minors aged 13 and up are entitled to admit themselves for inpatient and outpatient mental health treatment without parental consent. Health insurers are forbidden from disclosing to the insured's parents sensitive medical information of minor children, such as the regarding those guarding gender dysphoria and gender-affirming care. Minors aged 13 to 18 can withhold mental health records from parents for sensitive conditions, which include both gender dysphoria and gender-affirming care. Insurers in Washington must cover a wide array of gender-affirming treatments, from tracheal shaves to double mastectomies. Put these together and a seventh grader could be entitled to embark on gender affirming care, which may include anything from a provider using the child's name and pronouns to the kid preparing to receive a course of hormones without her parents' permission, against her parents' wishes, covered by her parents' insurance, and with the parents kept in the dark by insurance companies and medical providers. Lest you wonder where there is some madcap elixir polluting the groundwater of Washington state alone, in 2015, Oregon passed a law permitting minors 15 and older to obtain puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries at taxpayers' expense, all without parental consent. In 2018, California passed a similar bill for all children in foster care age 12 and up. The California State Senate is now considering an amendment to the Confidentiality of Medical Information Act that would bar health insurers from disclosing medical information to parents about their dependence on pain of criminal liability. So that's all that I'm going to read from this particular post by Abigail Schreier. Again, it goes on. There are other stories. That's just one of them. So to recap, this autistic boy was suicidal. So his parents, being dutiful parents, took him to the hospital thinking that he would receive care. And then the era of COVID, the parents couldn't even be there with their son while he was getting whatever treatment they were going to propose. They instead just sent him an email saying that his son Saeed is now a female going by a different name. He just got it in an email. And then if he didn't play ball and didn't play along and lie to them and tell them that he was going to be taking his son to the gender clinic, they would have kept him. They would have kept Saeed there, or whatever he was going by at that moment. They would have kept him there. They would have worked with the state government in order to keep that son from going back to his loving parents. So guys, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter one today, but I do want to flow on some big takeaways from the story, okay? The first big takeaway is a question for you to ask yourself, and a question that I had to ask myself is, why didn't I know about this story? Why didn't you know about this story? Now, again, this was in October of 2020. So I don't know if you remember what was going on at that time, but we were in the final stretches of a presidential campaign, right? We had a dead person going against an orange person and the entire country was wrapped around the axle on that, right? But I don't remember a single blog, a single podcast episode, a single news story talking about this. Why? How, how did we get to a place where we don't even hear about one of the most extreme overreaches by a state organization, by, by state government here in the United States of America? Why didn't we hear about it? Was it just people being lazy, right? Was it people trying to actively suppress this story? Was this something that there was collusion by big tech to make sure that this didn't get out there? Because it's an insane story and it makes the state of Washington look terrible and inherently Oregon and California who have similar laws. So it surely made me think a lot about that. Another big takeaway for me is that good for Ahmed for moving and saving his son's life. Literally, he may have saved his son's life by getting him out of the entire state of Washington. Again, this is a guy that was worked in the financial sector for the tech sector, right? So we can assume that this guy was making a good living, right? Maybe he was a financial advisor to people that are making several hundred thousand dollars a year working for, you know, any one of the companies that are up there, any one of those tech companies. But he said, no, not worth it. I'm taking my son and I'm leaving the state. And I don't know where he ended up. It doesn't say that in the story anywhere. And it's probably better that we don't know where he ended up because wherever he goes, I'm sure they're trying to cancel him there. But I can guarantee you where he didn't go, He didn't go to another blue state because if he moved to Oregon or to California, it's going to be the same thing. If he skipped over all those flyover states and moved somewhere on the East Coast, I bet he didn't do that either. And I've told you this before, and I absolutely mean it. I don't think I'm going to have this problem with my son. I I really don't, and I certainly pray that this doesn't happen for my son or any of the sons that are in any of the, the guys that are around me. But if something like this were to happen with my son, like whether he was being sarcastic or maybe he actually genuinely had these feelings, some sort of brokenness inside of him and he had these feelings. You would never see me or my son again if the state came after my kid. If the state declared that they knew what was best for my son, you would never see the Thompsons ever again. I wouldn't even sign off. You would just, the podcast would cease to exist and we would, we would just live completely off the grid somewhere. Right? And it would be all worth it to save my son from potential, you know, harm like that. And I guess the other big takeaway, there's, there's several more, but another takeaway is that they quote unquote, they were always going to come for the children. They were always going to come for your children. And the, they is whatever you want to describe them as, describe them as the federal government, the government in general, the elites, uh, the, the bourgeoisie, the, the, whatever way that you want to describe it, right? They were always going to be going to be coming for your children. These people know what's best for your kid. You don't. And if you could just be in their white coat for one second, if you can be in their elitist brain, if you could, if you could have gone to the medical school they went to, or if you could have gone to the Ivy league school that they went to, you would just understand like they understand because you see, you're just a small minded bigot. You think your 16 year old son is a male and we think he's a female and we're going to affirm that and we're going to lead him in that direction but this was always the goal i'll point you back to the episode i did when i talked i talked about the the first three episodes of the race in america series and we were talking about black lives matter they they tend to have all of their all of their structural things about black lives matter goes back goes back to marxism right even their founders admitted that they're a trained marxists but one of the tenets one of the core tenets of marxism is getting rid of the family destroying the family unit Now, why would you want to do that? If you were creating a worldview whole cloth like Karl Marx did, why would you create that as one of the core tenets? It's because if you want to create a group of people or a a people of any kind to be dependent on the government, then you surely can't allow them to be dependent on mom and dad, on their greater family, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, like you, you couldn't have that. You can't have them also depend on a community, maybe even a community of faith, right? Ahmed is a devout Muslim. I'm sure there was a Muslim community there that is a support system of some kind for him and his family. Same would go for the Christians in that area, although there probably aren't many, right? For Jews in that area, for Sikhs in that area, for Hindus in that area, right? If you want there to be total control of human beings in a country by the government, you have to get rid of all those things. Those things have to go away. So in order for them to destroy the family, all they have to do is stop one generation from maturing, one generation from being influenced by you. And then from there on out, it's just the state. The state is daddy. Another big takeaway from this, and this is kind of a little bit of an aside, there obviously needs to be more research. There needs to be more research done on the link between children on the spectrum and transgenderism, right? Because there's certainly an idea of susceptibility to this. And I think that that is absolutely stunning that there would be medical professionals, people that took the Hippocratic Oath, that would take advantage of these kids that are on the spectrum, that aren't like like the other kids, where in that they are more susceptible to these ideas, to fixating on these ideas and becoming overly obsessed with them, right? I think there certainly needs to be more research done there. And I'll just kind of leave that there. But I do want to wrap up with this in terms of talking about this entire subject because this is a somber subject. Like I'm literally sitting here. I'm just like sad. I'm sad for this family. I'm angry. But guys, this is my last point today. This is another big takeaway from this article. This will not stop. It won't. Your state, your city, your school district is not immune to the transgender revolution. It is all consuming. They're coming for everyone. Because again, what it used to be, and you've heard other commentators, commentators say something like this, but what it used to be with the LGBTQ plus people is, Hey, just leave us alone. Just let us do our own thing. Let us live our own lives. Just leave us alone. Like you can do your thing. Let us do our thing. That's what it used to be. Now it's, you better cheer us on as we do this. You better watch what we're doing and give us a thumbs up. You better change your profile picture and add a rainbow to it and the word ally. You better change the logo for your company for a month, no matter what, or we're going to come after you. It's no longer live and let live, nor that I think it should have ever been live and let live, but it's no longer that. But guys, this will not stop. Okay, so I live in Oklahoma. I live in Oklahoma and I think the last three or four presidential races, every single county of my state has been red, right? So it went for Trump twice and it went for, you know, Romney and McCain before that. And so, and I probably went for Bush before then. So I live in a very, very deeply red state, but there are some fairly blue dots in my state, not, not kind of like Texas, Texas, they have bright blue dots with Austin and Dallas and Houston and San Antonio. Um, That that's going to be an issue for that state, which makes it an issue for the entire country. But there are small pockets of this being taught everywhere because transgenderism is not this single thing that we have to worry about. It's a part of a larger worldview that is trying to tell you that truth is relative and or that we are in a postmodern era where truth doesn't actually actually exist. Only your truth does. Only your lived experience does. And if you don't think that this is going to be an issue in your community, you better think twice because again, think about how few people it takes in your community to make a decision in order for something like this to be acceptable, right? So if you and most of the people in your community are falling asleep at the wheel, and again, I've talked about this a lot, especially lately, you don't know who the mayor is. You don't know who's on city council. You don't know who's on the school board. You don't know who the sheriff is. You don't know any of these things. That's not even a dozen people that can completely dictate. The type of community you and your family are going to grow up in and hence the type of community you will raise your children up in. It's going to have its tendrils in all those different areas and there's nothing that you can do to stop it if you're asleep at the wheel. You need to know, you need to be able to look in the eyes of these people before you vote for them and say, if this comes up, what will your reaction be? I've already played this scenario out in my head before, you know, before James becomes a a kid that's going to school, whether it's preschool or pre-K or, you know, kindergarten or whatever, whatever school we decide to take him to, whether it's public school, private school, Christian school, whatever, whatever we end up deciding that we're going to do, the Thompsons are going to do, right? I will be talking to the administrators of that school and I will be talking to the school board and I'm going to ask them these difficult questions. I'm going to ask them if a kid comes into your office, it's a little boy and they say, I think I'm a little girl. What do you say? What do you do? What's the first thing that you do? And if it's not, well, we're going to immediately call the parents. Big issue. Red flag. I'm going to ask these people, what do you think of critical race theory and should it be taught in the classrooms? What if you hear that one of your teachers inside of your school goes off script and starts talking about critical race theory? What is your reaction going to be? Because if they start legitimizing the theory like it is a real theory, that's going to be an issue there's another red flag for you. Okay. So guys, again, I try to bring these stories to you. Okay. I know we talk about a lot of big things on this podcast and we have, we have great fun with our interviews and we do a lot of cool things like that, but this is about as real as it gets. I, I think, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before that, when I was talking about, uh, you know, uh, the track track athletes in the state of Connecticut and that lawsuit and all those different things, guys, there's nowhere to hide from this. It's coming for your area of life and you're going to have to make a decision like Ahmed did. And I feel like he made the right decision by getting his family the hell out of the state of Washington, right? And you might say, oh, well, you know, that, that was wrong. He needed to stay there and he needed to fight it. Well, he had a 16 year old and he wasn't going to change the whole system by the time that kid was probably out of his house and out of his care. He had to make a drastic decision right at that moment, but what we're going to be seeing, and this will be an interesting thing to watch as we, you know, we're already marching towards 2024. Nobody can shut up about whether or not Joe Biden's actually going to live until then. And when Kamala Harris is going to be taking over and is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be DeSantis? Is it going to be somebody else? You know, it's all anyone can talk about now. And we're years away from that, right? We haven't even gotten to the midterm elections, but it's going to be interesting to watch as people continue to move out of these communities. People leave the West coast and go further inland, right? to some of these places but then the other interesting thing is and i've talked about this a lot and you've got to warn, wonder about this yourself is what are they bringing with them so let's say i'm making this up i don't know Ahmed. i don't know his voting record but let's say he was very liberal let's say he was very blue let's say he voted for, for complete blue candidates the whole time that he was voting here in the united states and let's say he moves to montana or you know new mexico or somewhere else right nevada right one of these states that's not you know, solidly blue right? You know, and anyway, you you can debate about all those states, but maybe a state that's not solidly blue. Maybe it's, you know, purple or up in the air, maybe even more red, right? Is he taking his voting record with him? Is he going to continue to vote for the politicians that created such dangerous and horrific things in his state of Washington? We've talked about that a lot with the state of Texas, right? All these people are leaving New York and they're, they're leaving Michigan and they're leaving, you know, Washington and California. They're going to Texas. And they're going to one of these larger cities. They're not going to, you know, Paris, Texas. They're going to these huge Texas cities and they're voting the same way that they did back home. And how many years is it going to be before we see some of the same issues that were going on in those areas? It's something that we got to make sure we pay attention to guys all right guys before we let you go we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual mental and physical resilience so here are the links I've got for you today so I've got the sharpening men's event registration link that I talked about at the top also I've got a link to the Spotify Undaunted Life Christian Metal playlist and then the two other links that are you know more so about this episode I've got the link to When the State Comes for Your Kids by Abigail Schreier so you can read the entire article which I highly recommend that you do and then also I've got a link to her book it's called Irreversible Damage the Trans." gender craze seducing our daughters. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and review. Everybody likes to leave those positive reviews. Make sure you're one of those guys. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook. You can also check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. That's just at www.undaunted.life. And then we want to thank the band and August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording off their album Leveler. Links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah.